So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 46 of So There. I am Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. Hi, Tom. Feeling a little, uh, you know, I got I got boosted yesterday. Whoa. Yeah, I Whoa. feel a little bit uh, a little achy, a little um, little off. Really? Yeah. Huh. I got... Just like I, I, achy, I, my, like fluey? A little bit. Like, you know, I got... Uh, my, my original one was, was Moderna, and then I, you know, I got Pfizered yesterday with the booster, and I just... Uh, you know, it's a little off, a little achy, a little spacey, a little low energy. You know, I'm sure it'll pass, but hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. Are you are you going to be able to bring your A game to the podcast? Uh, yeah, as I you think, know, I think our listeners are they're more concerned about that than for your health. They I'm want a, they want quality entertainment, Tom, and that comes first, and then your health is secondary. I'm a professional. I will try to rise above it. <laughs> <laughs> the bread is square, and the Meat is round. <laughs> well, it's been about, uh, it's probably been close to two months since the last episode. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have, uh, you have volumes of material to share today. Not really, Tom. The well <coughs> the well is pretty much run dry for me. But I did, I did have some, um, some observations that I would like to make under the guise of a, a segment that we call... I decree. So I decree is uh, is is what what we would do, what I would do if I was king. If I was king, here are the decrees that I would make. And uh, and I wanted to uh, uh, in that spirit do a I decree Thanksgiving edition. I Decree. Thanksgiving is coming up in uh, five days, maybe four days when you receive this. I decree that no Christmas lights shall be put up before Thanksgiving. I don't like when people do this. And in fact, this year, I even noticed some Christmas lights were put up after Halloween. How do you feel about this, Tom? Well, you know, it's interesting. The, this topic's come up in our house recently. I, I agree with you because you realize if you do it right after Halloween, you essentially have lights up from November 1st to, like, say, January 4th. So you're, you're, you're approaching, like, 18% of the year, you know, over two months, <laughs> which is nuts to me. Um, uh, now, the only thing I will say in defense of the early light people is the weather is, is more any favorable. relation to the little bike people? And... <laughs> <laughs> or the sex people <laughs> yes I, I, I think um, look we had a couple of really nice weekends in the last month and I can understand getting out there on a 60 degree sunny day and doing it as opposed to my rule was always like you said after Thanksgiving and you're out there kind of you know it's 38 degrees and <clears throat> blustery but right. I, you know what I never really minded that because you know I, I think you, you're out there you're, you're working in the cold it feels like Christmas 
you're cursing because half the lights don't go on. You know, I just that's part of the whole package. I like your I like your ratio. You know, I decree that the ratio shall not exceed um, fifteen percent of the year of which your lights are up. It's not allowed to exceed. You know, two months out of twelve is excessive. Yeah, it makes it a little less special. The the other thing, because uh, yeah, if somebody's got lights on for two and a half months, you know, it's no longer you know something you 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 point out. Oh wow, what nice Christmas lights! It becomes kind of their house. Uh, you know, I see people put up Halloween lights, and those seem to be going up around beginning of October. So I mean, you, you could have some people that have rotating light displays for the last three and a half months of the year. Right, 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 and then. Uh, now we're going down a rabbit hole. But then we also, um, in our neighborhood, because as you know, Tom, we live in a rarefied air. Yes. North Shore. People hire professional light decorators. I, I decree. decree. I would also like to decree that that everyone shall put up their own lights and not hire professional light decorators to decorate their home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, it really just kind of, it's, it's like, it's like showing up at the Halloween party and one of the people got a, you know, some professional costume and everybody else kind of just did the homemade stuff. It just kind of spoils the spirit, I think. Um, I will say that I think the, the, the workmanship of a lot of these lights and outdoor things uh, is not very good. I, I spent a decent amount of money on them over the year, and it seems like a lot of them you get basically one season out of them, or maybe you get a second season. And then they have these embedded lights that are part of the actual decoration, and you really can't change those lights out. So you kind of watch your, 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 um, your, your uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing slowly die because fewer and fewer lights activate each year. So then you have that dilemma whether you throw it out or not. Yeah. You know, our the pod's engineer, John Binder, uh, actually his neighbor has an insane light show that, 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 that he puts up every year that draws tourists from around the neighborhood. It's over the top and ridiculous. And I, you can actually find it on YouTube. I'm, I'm not sure if the search terms are like Christmas, <laughs> Christmas in Wilmette or something, but... Yeah, he uh, he has a neighbor which just goes bonkers. <laughs> it's so a problem. Like a, it's a problem. There's like a slow parade of cars that. <laughs> yeah, that, every yeah. every Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely. All right, a couple other I decrees for Thanksgiving, and then we'll move on. I, I decree. decree. I decree. That people should stop talking about Thanksgiving dinner like it's so hard. Like it's this, oh my God, there's a, there's a butterball turkey hotline. <clears throat> there's a whole, there's a whole uh, uh, subculture of, my God, this is so hard. How are you going to get through it? It's really not that hard. Turkey is, you, you throw it in a, a 350 oven for, you know, whatever, three hours. If you want to, if you want to get fancy, you can grill it like Gary Doyle does. But it's really not that hard, people. It really isn't. I know it's for a lot of people, but it's not that hard. So, Well, let me ask you a question. Do the Doyles share the responsibility of preparing the meal, or does it all fall upon one person? No, we share. Okay. Well, that makes a difference. I think a lot of families, it's it's mom's role or something, and, and it becomes, you know, defrost the turkey or get it in the oven at like 7 a.m. or whatever, and 
Yeah, I guess it's the turkey thing, really. That you know, they act like I okay. I've, I've got to operate on my own sister, and I need to figure out how to do that. <laughs> my God, <laughs> I need to I need to remove her appendix. It's kind of like that, but it's it's a turkey. Do you like turkey? I love it. I like turkey. Yeah, I'm very indifferent to turkey. Mm. I uh, yeah, a lot of people are. I mean, it's fine to me. It's just kind of like it's it's. I don't know. I I, I the only time ever I have would ever have turkey would be on Thanksgiving Day. I would never order it in a restaurant or anything. I I never think about it really. Um, I have suggested many times. Hey, let's do steak. Let's do a lasagna, and I kind of get the cold stare. You know, that's so. You know. I, I, I prefer all the, the other stuff over the turkey. The sides are much more interesting to me than the actual turkey. Last year, because of COVID, we stayed home for Thanksgiving. And so uh, Lisa, my bride, insisted on having crab legs. Because like you, she is indifferent to turkey and she loves crab legs. And she was like, this is my one opportunity. <laughs> and she loved it. We got king crab legs and had that for Thanksgiving. She was over the moon about it. Maybe Lisa would like to spend this Thanksgiving with Tom Karamitis. So there. Two more uh, eye decrees and then we'll move on. My God. Uh, (laughs) Eye decree. The Detroit Lions shall forever play football on Thanksgiving. A lot of people complain about the Detroit Lions because they're always bad, but I find it comforting that every year the Detroit Lions are out there playing football in Ford Field and we can all bond over how bad they are and inept and talking about how inept they are. So I decree that the Detroit Lions shall forever play football on Thanksgiving. And finally, oh wait, did you have something to say? No, or just that I, 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 I disagree because it becomes this throwaway game. It becomes a game that you really don't care about because they're so bad. The Cowboys well, also play every Thanksgiving, don't they? Yeah, they tend to be the late game. They put yeah. they put the Detroit on at eleven o'clock, and then the Cowboys kind of like the marquee game after everyone's done eating around four or five. I decree. And finally, I decree that Thanksgiving is the best holiday, even though I've made fun of it a little bit here. It's the best holiday of all to Gary Doyle. There's no obligations. There's no gifts. There's nothing capitalistic about it. There's nothing, uh, uh, none of that nonsense. Advertisers don't advertise that much about it. It's just free of all that. And yet all you do is sit around with family and friends and watch football and eat and drink all day and it's just the it's the best of all holidays to gary doyle that's a nice sentiment i i i would agree with that i hadn't thought of it in those terms there's really not the endless pressures that go along with some other holidays you know um you know christmas has just become a you know yeah i i don't want to kind of go there but just a gigantic chore obligation to get ready for christmas so um yeah, there's no tree to lug up for Thanksgiving. There's no g- gifts and you know, all of that stuff and the expectations. And now this year with the, the supply chain issues, you know, getting stuff on time is going to be, you know, an issue for a lot of people. So that's a I nice h- sentiment. I 100% agree with you about Christmas. We'll tackle that in a future pod. Perhaps, I'll end on this, perhaps Lexus could create a Thanksgiving to remember 
TV commercial since nobody's really <laughs> capitalizing on Thanksgiving. I thought of that this morning. I, I don't know about you. I haven't seen those uh, spots yet. Maybe they don't start running them until after Thanksgiving. But um, A Thanksgiving to thrill over. Get a Lexus RX 470. <laughs> so there. Well, that was a that was a whirlwind of of information. I feel like I feel like we've eaten up all of our time today, but I'll squeeze in a couple of observations. Tom, um, if you were a king, you would have plenty of decrees as well. Admit it. Yes, I would. Uh, <clears throat> I have uh, a couple of observations from my my daily walk around the neighborhood. One of them is um, remember we talked about those signs people put out, you know. Um, family you know kindness the signs yeah. people have by the front door those giant things you mean um, hate hate has no home here yes exactly those things i saw one the other day that made me stop on my tracks because the sign said harvest and i really thought what is the statement they're making harvest i mean it's it's basically a it's a thing it's not a feeling it's kind of a chore you know you, you could say broom I mean, I, 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 I'm, I was usually those sentiments are kind of one that triggers an emotion of some kind. But harvest was like, I don't know, prune the trees, you know? I mean, I, I, I didn't get it. I don't, all of a sudden, the line became blurred. I, I never liked these signs, but I kind of understood where they were coming from as far as a sentiment. And now I was, uh, I was thrown by harvest. I'm well, are you sure it's not a coded message like um, "Let's go, Brandon" or uh, "Saturday is for the boys"? Are you sure, or 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 "Don't step on Snack"? Are you sure that it's not some kind of coded message for something that we don't understand? Well, Saturdays for the boys. There was one of those in our neighborhood, and I had to look it up because I it scared me a little bit. It sounded yeah, a little bit threatening. Yeah, right. um, <clears throat> the other thing I, I, I've noticed in a couple of houses in our neighborhood is: Have you noticed this around your house? Uh, if you got, do you have? Do your houses have a, the mailbox down by the, the curb on your parkway? Or do your, is your mailbox actually in your, uh, at your house when you get your mail delivered? Do they no, Tom, we don't, we don't have mailboxes on the curb. That would destroy the streetscape of, right. our, uh, of our rarefied North Shore suburb now. Right. Well, imagine, if you will, uh, an upper middle class or a middle class neighborhood like mine where the, the mailboxes are down by the, the street on the parkway. <laughs> I've noticed more and more people creating little ecosystems around their mailboxes. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll mm-hmm. dig out the grass. They'll 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 put down mulch. They'll have these crawling vines go up the post. But then the other day, I saw somebody actually had a little light, one of those little solar powered lights sticking in the ground, aimed up at the mailbox, like they wanted to show the world their mailbox. Now, uh, yeah, I see you shaking your head. You you. Well, I, yeah, I mean, lights, exterior lighting is a thing where I live and I've never understood it. It's like, I'm, I'm going to light up my house at night so people can see my house. Look how, look how nice my house is. Cause in my neighborhood, it's not security. It's not, it's not for security purposes. It's, I'm going to light up my house. Oh yeah. And I have never, I have never understood that. Besides the fact it would kind of shine in your bedroom window and keep me up at night, but yeah, oh yeah, that's a thing where I live. 
Absolutely. Yeah, in our neighborhood, there's a lot of uh, behold my driveway. <laughs> How does that t- play out, Tom? <laughs> well, you know, sc- you know, spaced every four feet, mm-hmm. running up both sides of the driveway. That <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we have not had the light-up uh, mailboxes come to our town yet, or the uh, light-up little free libraries. But we do have light-up houses. We do have... Here's my house. It's dark. My but you can on- see my house really well because I'm lighting it up with, with lights embedded in the ground <laughs> shooting upward against my flagstone exterior. My theory on the mailbox lighting was that the guy bought whatever a dozen little lights and had one extra and wanted to utilize it somehow so he <laughs> decided to <laughs> decided to feature the mailbox the the proud wooden post the the elegant plastic box with the red flag that you can raise it's all so grand We also have Behold My Tree lights in my neighborhood. Not just light up Behold My House or my Behold My Driveway, Behold My Tree. So there'll be a tree in the front yard, and they'll have lights lighting up the tree. All year round or just for Christmas? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I mean, underground embedded lights, like Ah, the ones that light up your house. No, that'll be, yeah, Behold My Tree. Do the Doyles have those? um, BMT is short. Behold My Tree. Lake Bluff. (laughs) The do-, do the Doyles have uh, those those hanging lights that people are putting on their decks and trellises in the back, you know, to have a kind of a summer evening out back, you know, those kind of those old oh, fashioned. No, but I like those. I, I'm, I'm in favor of those. I, I approve. No, I like those a lot. In fact, I, that may be a project for the Doyles next spring because I would like to do that. We have a little, a little backyard porch area and nothing big, but it, I think it would be delightful to have those little lights. But those are tasteful and lovely. I, I like that. And they serve a purpose. You you can hang out at night and with friends and, you know, hang out. And they, they serve a purpose, unlike, you know, behold my tree. Much like, and we've discussed this before, much like the, the convertible, the car that's a convertible, the fantasy of hanging outside at night tends to exceed the reality. All right. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're forgetting about the mosquito issue. All right. Um, <laughs> convertibles it sounds like a great idea hey when we're in la let's rent a convertible but you know what it's miserable the sun's beating down on you it is so loud you can't hear the radio you're just wind wet wind whipped so i would venture to guess those you know you're going to have a fairly limited number of days you would actually sit out on your deck and cavort with friends I think it's really because you fear your friends and you fear your neighbors (laughs) you said this to me you fear your neighbors Friendship causes pain. I don't believe in friendship. Friendship causes pain. What's the line after that? I am a rock. I am an island. No, there's one before oh. before that. Uh, it's, 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 it's laughter and love that I disdain. <laughs> then I am a rock. I am an island. So there... I have an installment of something we haven't done in a while, which, uh, and I think the reason you never do it is because you don't like the fact that it was my idea and my stinger, but it's called, uh, you're welcome. (laughs) 
And uh, this is where we give advice to an existing campaign or an existing advertiser to kind of tweak something or change something. I've grown increasingly frustrated uh, with the Arby's campaign, with that Arby's guy. You know, uh, we have the meats, that guy. And I just feel like his his delivery is getting more and more over the top. He's got almost like he's crazed in a lot of commercials now, you know. <laughs> and he used to just kind of be this kind of vaguely scary, dry, authoritarian kind of thing. But now he's just a little bit of a he's got a little bit to, a little bit of the lunatic thing going. And I don't know if you've noticed that or not. No, I, I'm an admirer of that campaign. I, I like that campaign. Uh, I, it's 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 single-minded and good it doesn't try to do much it, it says we have the meat so no i have heard that he is i think that vo is ving rames i believe who's an actor ving rames he played the gimp in pulp fiction um i believe that's the actor and, and i've also heard i don't know why i'm saying this but anecdotally i've heard that he's a hand this is going to come as a shock for you he's a handful in the recording sessions <laughs> Well, apparently he's becoming more of a handful. More unhinged. What's his first name? Ving. V-I-N-G-R-H-A-M-E-S, I believe. Hey, he's Ving, that last one was great. We're loving it. But can we pull it back just a little bit more on the next? Let's do three in a row. And then he does three in a row. <laughs> exactly. That are all way. over the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also seems to perhaps he's operating from the perspective of somebody who now knows it's his campaign. He can do whatever he wants. And um, what, what did the, the, the voiceover say to you once? Uh, I was just reminded of that. I, <laughs> my first recording session, I wouldn't do it that way if I was you, son. Who was that? It was a guy who was at the time, and I don't know his name. He wasn't an actor, but he was a very prominent VO guy. Very prominent. He was on all kinds of commercials. He was the, he was the guy at the time. And it was my first recording session for Kellogg's Corn Flakes. And so... Uh, I made a suggestion for a line read for the for the tagline, which was uh, "Taste them again for the first time," and uh, and he kept emphasizing time instead of first. He would go "Taste them again for the first time," which of course makes no sense because the first is the important part, right? You know, t again and first are the important parts of that line. And I and, he, and, and I kept asking him, to, "Hey, could you try to emphasize the words first a little bit more?" And he finally said. I wouldn't do it that way if I was you, son. So he actually refused to, to read it that way. Yeah, because he knew he knew you would use it, and he didn't approve. If a, if a VO did that to me now at this stage in my career, I would I would do a Tom Carminus and say, uh, you know what, you're done. Um, you you can leave now. Uh, you'll you'll still get paid. No 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 problem. You'll get paid. You know your agent will will be in touch and with the contract. But you you can leave now. Go go go. go. I'd like to think that. I know a couple of times in my career when I've been and had a difficult voiceover and one that comes to mind for me was, do you remember the voice of seven up for a while was Daniel Stern? Oh yeah. He was, he was kind of gave me the the same treatment. Wouldn't do it. He was, you know, I think he was frankly a bit of a dick in that session. And uh, I kind of got a little flustered. I didn't push him. I, I kind of all of a sudden I saw my, to myself, what happens if I piss him off and he refuses to do anymore? Then it's going to be my fault. And, so I swallowed hard and said, all right, well, that's good. Thank you, Mr. Stern. The Stern, Mr. Stern. Remember our friend Ned Crowley when he recorded George C. Scott? Also for a campaign for cornflakes. <laughs> 
George C. Scott, the one of the legendary actors of all time, came in to do a VO read for Kellogg's Corn Flakes, and he wouldn't do more than like two takes. He did a second take. He's like, "I'm done," and uh, and Ned tried to get more takes out of him, and he's like, um, "Goodbye," and he left. And as he and as he left, he muttered into the microphone, which was caught live. My f- career is over. Which it kind of was doing a Kellogg's cornflakes VO. Boy, cornflakes reached high though. The legends of the legend, the thespian legends of Hollywood. <laughs> Back when cornflakes used to advertise, they don't even advertise anymore, right? I don't. I don't yeah. think so. I don't. Yeah, I can't think of anything yeah. they're doing. Sorry for the profanity, so there, listeners. I think that will get us slapped with a. Um, with a warning from iTunes, but uh, yeah, this will be interesting. For a second, I was thinking I was going to have you say the line again, but this will be a good experiment. See if okay. we get flagged. All right. I, I apologize for the swearing to uh, my loved ones, uh, but that is what he said. Ned forwarded us the message of him saying that it was priceless. So there. All right, Tom, I wanted to uh, wrap up this week's podcast by talking about my my father-in-law, Ralph Winters, who passed away a week ago. Uh, Ralph uh, was a good man. He enlisted on his own in the Army in World War II and served in Japan in the Allied occupation. He, he ran a vehicle depot that serviced jank, uh, tanks and Jeeps, and including the pink Jeep that the commander's wife drove. That's what you got in World War II if you're the commander. A pink Jeep for your wife. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Ralph graduated from Duke University with a degree in engineering and became a successful executive for Amico, now BP. Uh, he took up painting in his, in his retirement, oddly enough, and every year would paint a beautiful watercolor of a church and make Christmas cards out of them that he would send out. Oh, wow. Yeah, to his loved ones. Beautiful paintings. Probably made about a dozen, 15 of those. Uh, Ralph overcame a lot, including polio, a father who struggled with alcoholism, uh, and me, who, when I met him, uh, had a buzz cut in earring and would put my bare feet up on his coffee table in his living room like the idiot 25-year-old I was. And Ralph welcomed me into the family, did not bat an eye, could not have been more gracious and accommodating. Did Ralph uh, mention your bad behavior to Lisa? After? Was that the first meeting, the first time you met him? Yeah, first few times <laughs> I did that. Yeah, yeah. until Lisa actually said to me, you know, you shouldn't put your bare feet on the coffee table. No, he never said anything to her. Ralph, Ralph was all class, um, but uh, he was a good man. He was all class. And he will be missed. So I just wanted to uh, put in a word for him. He sounds like uh, he sounds like he was a great guy, very impressive man. And I'm sorry I never got to meet him. But uh, the fact that he tolerated you speaks volumes of his patience <laughs> and his wisdom. As I said, it, it's an it's an overcoming of something greater than polio. So uh, that'll wrap it up for episode number. 46 of uh, So There on behalf of of Tom Karaminas. This is Gary Doyle saying So So There!